Hi, this is Lauren Minchow, and I'm here with Julian Muller, Veronica Trevino, Keith Garrison, Jake Smith, Michael Lapalusa, Mika Ragland, Leah Bryan. And we're going to talk about what to do with what many call your last summer. So the summer between first year and second year of medical school, uh, especially here at UTRGV School of Medicine, we have an extended period, 12 weeks is what's in our curriculum right now. And so we've just gathered um, some MS2s to kind of give us advice on how they spent their last summer and just all the different options and ways you can spend your time. So I know a really popular option is research. So we're going to have Leah, Vika, and Michael talk to us about doing research over the summer. So how did you guys first decide that you that's what you wanted to do with your time? Oh, I guess I'll start. Um, I'm just very interested in research. I did a master's in research and wanted to continue that and start a new project here. Um, for me, kind of a similar situation in that I really enjoyed research in undergrad, and so I wanted to continue that throughout medical school, and this seemed like a very good summer to do that. Um, I know it's going to be our last summer, basically, um, and so I genuinely enjoyed doing it, so I didn't see it as a chore or as an obligation. It was something that I really wanted to do, so I just reached out and found an opportunity that I thought would, um, that I would enjoy. Yeah, uh, I heard it, I heard research was like something you were kind of expected to do or it like looked good on applications and stuff, and that's kind of, I guess, why I originally got with it, involved with it in undergrad. But now I think it's more than that. It's kind of like your opportunity to take something, um, execute it and then show it off to others to, to show, hey, this is what I found. Um, this was like a fruitful opportunity experience and uh, but it's kind of almost creative too in a way because you get to pursue something that you're interested about and manipulate it in different ways. So, so were you guys happy overall with your decision? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay, great. So then I think if each of you could just talk about where you did your research and kind of a brief summary of it, and then how you found that opportunity or got plugged in where you were. So I did my research here at the South Texas Diabetes and Obesity Institute. I knew about it because actually the person who interviewed me for the school uh, does research with them. So I've kind of known about the opportunities since I got here uh, and, and kind of have been interested into the, in that. So basically when the time came, I emailed her, said, I'm interested in a project. Do you, you have anything that's related to my interests? We met in... Unfortunately, there wasn't anything that was related to my first ask, but uh, I ended up doing neuro research, which I also really like neurology, so that wasn't really an issue. Um, and it was really easy to get involved with her. Uh, they already had the IRB set up. They didn't have to do a lot more to get me involved with that, so it worked out really well. <laughs> okay, and then had you ever done research, you hadn't done research on that topic before? Not really. But you still really enjoyed your time that you spent? Yes. Okay, great. And did you commute from Edinburgh to STDOI, or did you find a place over closer? I commuted to Brownsville. The good thing about the research that I did is that it wasn't like bench research. It was a lot of data analysis. 
So I went down there several times a week first to learn, um, which shout out to Nick Blackburn. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> he, he taught me everything I needed to know about uh, the data analysis that I was doing. So I'm really thankful to have him teach me. Um, but yeah, so I commuted several times the first week to kind of learn. And then as I started running the analyses on the program, I could check it from home. So that was really nice. I didn't have to drive to Brownsville every single day. OK, great. And Vika, you went to Dallas? Yeah. Um, so I kind of wanted to go somewhere for the summer um, because I do research here throughout the year. And so I would get a different experience and something that I hadn't done before in a city I haven't been in before and also in a place where I would consider doing residency. Um, so my search was very focused as opposed to just, um, I wasn't really open to just about anything except for things that fit a very specific criteria. Um, and so the criteria that I set for myself were that it would be a topic that I had never done or like worked with before so that I could learn and have a more broad understanding and I wanted to do basic science research because the research I do here is more clinical and imaging and on the computer so I was looking for something with wet lab um, experience. I wanted to have a HHMI mentor because I want to apply to an HHMI year-long fellowship um, and I wanted to do it in a place where I'm seriously considering residency so, so that while I'm there I can meet the program directors, meet the residents, and see if it is in fact somewhere I would want to do residency. So after all of those requirements <laughs> were met, there were maybe only three or four places that fit the bill and I just went with the one that I, the one where basically the science was what I liked the most about that place and that happened to be circadian rhythms something I've always been interested in. Um, and so I just kind of emailed the PI and said, here's who I am. Basically, it was almost like cold calling people because I didn't have a way in, in a sense, because all my prior research um, had nothing to do with this field. And I had, had no experience with it. I didn't have any experience with anything that I learned over the summer. And so I just emailed him, and he responded, and we kind of talked about funding and it went from there. Wow, that's great. So really just kind of took initiative, kind of knew what you want, reached out to people, and it worked out. Yep. Great. And Michael, you were not even anywhere close to here. No, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I had a pretty good idea beforehand that I wanted to go abroad for the summer, and I organized this almost a year in advance because these kind of like trips take a lot of effort and planning. I got hooked in through a mentor that I had previously who said that, hey, here's someone you might be interested in working with based on what I know you like, which is kind of like applied physiology. So uh, he put me in touch with him. We started talking. He's like, great, you can come, but you have to find your own funding. So I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of a, a big hurdle because, you know, flight to Europe is not cheap and then housing over there also, especially in Stockholm, which is where I went. But uh, I applied for some external funding that I found through lots of Google searching. <laughs> and I got enough to cover my flight and then my housing and my food while I was there. I spent some of my own money on like traveling on the weekends and stuff. I went to Norway, Denmark, uh, some pretty cool places. Um, and it, it kind of just, it, it worked out, but 
I think something that Leah said was, was really important with regards to kind of being flexible. Um, even if you're not able to get like the exact thing that you want, like you, you might fall into something else and that actually could end up being better than what you originally anticipated. And I think that you shouldn't be discouraged if what your first choice or what your second choice or what your third choice isn't working out. You, sh you should still try and pursue something because you never know what it could lead to. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you guys so much. And I know another really popular option over the summer is to do preceptorships. And Keith and Veronica, you guys both did preceptorships. So could you all tell us a little bit about your experience with those? Um, okay, so I found I found my preceptorship because last year Texas Pediatric Society came to talk to us, and I know that I'm interested in pediatrics, and I know that's what I want to go into, so I thought that that was a perfect opportunity. I'm not big on research. I didn't do it in undergrad, and it's not something that really calls out to me, so if I didn't have to do it, I wasn't going to spend my last summer doing it. So something that I really, really like is clinic, and I thought what better to do in my last summer than to enjoy it with pediatrics. Also, it's interesting because I shadowed absolutely everything that I could shadow in the Valley um, in undergrad besides pediatrics because I knew I wanted to do pediatrics, so I wanted to be sure that I didn't want to do anything else, so I wanted to get to know that. So I thought it was perfect, and it was a really great experience for me. Texas Peds matches you with... Um, anybody in the valley, but you can also ask to be put with someone. So I got a recommendation from Dr. Escarona here as to who I should ask for, and I asked for her, and it was absolutely incredible. The first day I got there, I was really nervous because I didn't want someone who was going to be pimping me because I didn't feel like I knew enough. And I know that some of the doctors that you get put with in preceptorship do that. So I was really nervous. And the first day I got there, she was like, I don't expect you to know anything. You're a first-year medical student. I want you to watch and have fun and learn as much as you can. And it was great. I had the time of my life. And by the end of the summer, she told me that she was dead serious that when I got out of residency, to go work for her. So it was great. It was, I mean, I would not have changed anything about my preceptorship. That's great. Yeah, and then um, I did mine with internal medicine, and it's kind of what I wanted to do since day one of medical school is just go into IM. Um, so the, there's an internal medicine preceptorship program that I'm sure everyone has heard about. Um, it's called the GIMSPP, and uh, I did it for two reasons. One, because I'm really interested in internal medicine, and two, because it gave a substantial stipend, um, which I wanted to use to fund my Europe trip, uh, which we'll talk about, we'll talk about a little bit later. But anyways, I ended up getting matched with a, a local GI doc, and um, I was a little bit apprehensive because we hadn't had GI yet, and um, I wasn't too excited about seeing colonoscopies for a whole summer, but I actually fell in love with it. Um, my, all my classmates kind of know I'm, I'm really into GI now, um, whether or not that's my future. <laughs> Whether, whether or not my future is in GI, I don't know, um, but the experience was amazing, um, getting to, uh, one, see, see how these procedures are done, um, seeing them like, oh, this looks like cancer when they're taking out a polyp, um, and then knowing that there's a substantial chance that they removed cancer, prevented that from developing, uh, is, is awesome, and then uh, also I got to do some first-hand stuff, I got to... Uh, interact with the patients, take histories. I got to do a little bit of scoping. Um, 
a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I got to do a little bit of scoping. Um, not a colonoscopy, EGT. And uh, it's very difficult, very technical. Um, I thought having some gaming experience would help, but it didn't one bit. Um, it was awesome. And then, unlike Veronica, I got pimped some. Um, <laughs> I, I think it was the first week I started. And, and just to clarify, when uh, you guys say pimping, you mean? By, by pimping, I mean, um, it's this term, you, it's going to happen to you, especially third and fourth year. Um, the doctor will ask you something, put you on the spot in front of other people, and do you know the answer or not? Uh, whether or not you feel stupid is... is uh, you're probably going to feel stupid. Um, but it wasn't like malignant. It, it, it wasn't malignant. It, it, it's, it's not they're doing it to put you down. They're doing it to see what you know and whether or not what you're saying is actually um, uh, true. So I, I, I remember the first time it happened, he, he said, Keith, look, listen to this guy's heart. So there I am, and I'm, my hand's a little bit shaky because I'm like, oh my god. And then I'm like, well, I'm sitting here thinking through clinical skills like, crap. Um, I think it sounds like a like a ejection sound. And he's like, that was probably the most easy murmur you're ever gonna hear. <laughs> I was like, hmm. All right, point taken. Um, but you well, learn a lot. Better over the summer than actually third and fourth year. Yeah, right? and not only that, it's the circumstances. We were already friendly with each other. Um, the doctor I worked with is a great guy, and um, I, I learned an incredible amount. It made the GI module significantly easier for me. Uh, so depending on who you get, if you do the program, who you get matched with, uh, it'll be great. And you guys just applied through an online link that I think my class was actually sent by you guys. So I'm assuming it will be the same process for the next year. Yeah, I was a really big proponent of the one I did just because, I mean, if you stayed in the Valley, it paid you a really large chunk of change. And uh, it could have been free and my experience was still incredible um, in what it gave to me. Yeah, same. Um, Texas Peas also pays you double if you stay in the Valley, but if they wouldn't have paid me anything, I still would have loved to do it. That's great. And Leah, you also did a preceptorship. Yeah, I actually did the same program that Keith did, um, but I used it as an excuse to go home for part of the summer. Oh, okay. Because my husband's here, so I mostly want to stay, I mostly wanted to stay here but I wanted to also see my family. So it's a good opportunity if you have family in Texas to get paid to visit them. One word of advice that a mentor gave me though and I would like to share with you is that this is your last summer to do whatever you want and preceptorships don't really matter all that much on applications. So you're also going to get a lot of clinical experience in third and fourth year and clinical experience the rest of your life. So I wouldn't say to do it just because you want the clinical experience, even though it is amazing, but if you need money for the summer, it does pay very well. So just consider your options of doing that versus doing something you might enjoy a little bit more if you're on the fence about it. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely all things that to consider, and this is kind of a large sum of time and anytime you're going to spend a lot of your time on something, definitely want to think about all sides of it. Um, Julian, you actually stayed here and you participated mm -hmm. in STEER. Mm -hmm. So um, I considered STEER kind of the gateway program to the Rio Grande Valley. And I know there's a lot of options to leave the valley, but there's also a lot of people who come specifically to the valley because of the unique opportunities that we have here. And so as medical students, we're kind of like, I guess, the first class and second class, we're kind of on this wave 
where there's a lot of faculty that haven't been assigned to any students who are just getting used to medical students abroad. And so basically what I'm trying to say is that the STEER program introduces you to so many different opportunities and unique aspects of the Valley that you normally don't get to see. So essentially what we do is that we wake up in the morning, I commute to Harlingen, and then I hop in a van with Dr. Garza, and then Dr. Garza has five to six different stops all across the valley. And so we're going everywhere from ICE detention centers to um, going to the, the border wall, meeting government officials, and you really get a 360 view of all the issues that the Rio Grande Valley is facing. And not only that, one of the things I really enjoyed about the whole opportunity was that is what you made of it. So for example, we networked with so many different people all the way from Cameron County to Star, and I still utilize those connections I made from that program to this very day for different student-led programs that we participate on a day-to-day -day basis. So you know, if you're interested in learning more about the Valley and really getting a hands-on experience, this STEER program is almost priceless for the amount of people that you'll meet and the amount of people that can help you get plugged in with different research projects. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we're all spending four years in the Valley. And so getting familiar with the area you're in and the issues that the people are facing allows you to take the initiative to develop targeted interventions in the community to make a long-term positive impact in one of the most underserved regions in the United States. And that's dear. Yeah, great. <laughs> and so how did you how did you sign up for STEER or how do you go about do you have to apply and become accepted? So the program is run by Make it quick. We have okay. two minutes. The program is run by um, Dr. Tapia and Dr. Garza. This came and talked to our class about it and I signed up from there. Okay. And then Jake, I heard you did something completely unique. You didn't even apply for a program, you kind of made your own plans for the summer. Yeah. So yes. tell us a little bit about what you did. Sure. So um, what I what I did with my summer is I kind of worked and did research on the automobile, um, and that was something that I was interested in ever since I um, came to interview at UTRGV, heard about the automobile, and wanted to kind of be active in serving underserved populations, especially through healthcare. Um, so the two people who were in charge uh, of it at the time, uh, Dr. Lyndon Nelson, and Dr. Uh, Manusov, I basically just emailed them all the time, tried to get meetings with them and say, this is what I'm interested in. Um, and they were very gracious. Um, Dr. Lynn Nelson kind of um, like kind of stepped in and was like, yeah, of course you can you can do this. I'll put you in contact with um, these people who are working on the automobile. Um, and and so that's 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 what I did. Um, I also told Dr. Uh, Dr. Nelson that I wanted to do a specific research project, so I gave her my pitch on what I wanted to do, um, and I was basically doing a retrospective chart review of patients who, um, who were receiving care on the automobile. Um, so I did that research over the summer and um, uh, presented in the UTRGV Research Symposium. Um, uh, and presented kind of my findings there. And I also spent two to three days a week on the automobile, um, taking patient histories, receiving pointers from whatever physician was on the automobile that day, and just like really enhancing sort of my clinical skills. So it was like this huge blessing that I got to practice both clinical work and research at the same time and really get to put them both together and spend, I think I spent nine, nine weeks doing that. 
Wow. So that's really cool to see that if you just have your own idea, just kind of reach out to faculty and staff here and they'll make it happen. Definitely. Great. And then there always is the option to vacation. Keith, I think you went on a pretty awesome vacation. Yeah, I had, um, growing up, we, we didn't really travel too much as far as, uh, we went to a few different states, but we, and I never really got to leave the country. Um, so I used the money I got from the preceptorship program, and I went on a three-week Europe vacation. Um, we went through um, England, Scotland, Spain, France, the Netherlands, and um, pretty much it was, it was just incredible. I had been planning it for about six months, um, and the best part about it was uh, it was very affordable. I went with some friends, and all in all, including flights across the Atlantic, um, all the travel within Europe and hotels and everything, came out to less than $1,500 per person. Wow. Um, I spent a lot more than that because I bought things. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as far as just the cost of the trip to get there and be able to survive while you're there and have a roof over your head, it was I think it was 14-something was the, was the final cost. So that was incredible. Yeah, and so I feel like a lot of people feel the need over this time period to really do something, build their resume. Um, can you say anything about the importance of if you feel like you need a break or if you if you feel like you need a vacation? Yeah, so I think one of the main problems people have when they get to an interview, which is my, my personal opinion, is that they need to be able to talk about something that's not related to what they're there interviewing for. An interview isn't always just, tell me about your research, tell me about this. That's great, you need to be able to do that. But you also need to be a relatable human being. And I think getting as much experience as you can uh, through life, whether that be going on a trip, getting married, um, whatever, is something that will tie in later on when you're selling yourself to a program. Um, and not only that, when I was there, I happened to meet a French neurosurgeon randomly on a boat. We spoke for about... <laughs> <laughs> he, he did his residency, uh, he did his training in Cornell in New York, his neurosurgery, and uh, we've still been corresponding over email. Whether or not I do anything, I don't really think I'm interested in neurosurgery, but that's still, if I had been interested in neurosurgery, uh, it's something that could have paid off. Uh, but regardless, I've still had, I have a connection now in eastern France to a neurosurgeon. So, you never know what will happen. So as you can tell, lots of options with how to spend your time. Um, it's really an individual decision. It's what it sounds like you guys are all saying. Think about what you want, um, maybe what you even need over the break if you need to take time or you feel like you need research or something else. Um, any last words of advice from any of you? I just want to chime in real quick about the last summer uh, thing. We don't have to be so doom and gloom about it. Um, I actually do not think it is your last summer. So there is an option if, let's say, you for whatever reason don't have the best summer experience or didn't plan something or have other obligations, you can do research or other things, preceptorships programs between your second and third year. And something really nice is that in our curriculum we do have a track where you can do an elective first so what you can do is you can take part of your summer take your step one exam and then for the rest of the summer you can do your program your research whatever you want and then take four weeks of our uh, third year finish it and then you just come come into third year as if you know there yeah. yeah okay yeah and also 
a lot of people narrow down their choices for residency first by geographic location. So if you feel guilty for taking time for yourself and going on vacation, just use that as an excuse. <laughs> Got it. One more thing. Um, I also decided to spend quite a bit of time reviewing old material and studying. Um, I don't think a lot of people did, but that was just a personal decision that I think if you, if you know yourself and think you're going to forget a lot of the things that you learned first year, especially with a long summer, it might be worth at least reviewing. Like <clears throat> I'm seeing vigorous nods around the room. <laughs> like, like fundamentals. Like you'll never regret learning more about how the body works in terms of like, in terms of like response to inflammation or something, which are like principles that you can apply to every organ system. Whereas studying like just minutia is like really, really boring. And that's maybe that might not be the best use of time over the summer, but just like understanding principles of physiology, pathology, stuff like that. Yeah. And you can do it on a beach in southern France, too. So <laughs> With a neurosurgeon. Just throwing that out there. I think there's a nude beach also. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, the under the class of 2021 really appreciates all the advice from 2020, and I hope that all the classes that listen to this afterwards can also use the advice. So thank you all for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to have to record that last part later. <laughs>